And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello. Everyone, I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Richard Gordon stars on the Weird Circle from 1943. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for learning the lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. First, I have to ask you, did you come up with some new adjectives? Actually, no, it wasn't me. It's one of our listeners, um, Guy Fish. He he, uh, he sends me these, and he does a great wow. job. He comes up, he comes up with um, these uh, different uh, Lisa Wolfisms, he calls wow. them. How, and, how nice uh, that is. Yeah, really nice wow. of him. He sends Thank them in Thank you for being so kind, Guy. I knew it couldn't have been you. No, so. tantalizing. All right, nice one. So, yeah, um, thank I've you, got, Guy. Thank you, Guy. I've got some of radio's most played songs for you. And first, before we start, I have to ask Mike what his prediction is. You for know all of these songs, but you're only going to get two of these. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go with that. I'll try to prove Usually you wrong. Seems to know try these to get things. them all. Of course, try to get them all. I feel confident that you definitely know all these songs, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. Now, what are what, what kind of songs? Radio's are most oh. played songs. Got it. All right. So very very well known songs. Okay. okay. You never close your eyes. You anymore. never close your eyes anymore. When I kiss your lips, <laughs> I'm so tender. That's all your fingertips. Uh, yeah. You're trying hard not trying to show it. Trying hard not to show it. But baby. But baby, something. I you, know it. Huh? You lost that love and feeling. Nice. This is um, oh, the Righteous Brothers. You lost that love and feeling. I didn't hear a ding ding. I didn't give you one. No Thank you. What about his fingertips? Did he have his nails done like I do? Look at my nails. Huh? I have them. I have them done professionally. Toes too. You lost that love and feed. This, I hate this when a girl loses that loving feeling for you. Know, Have I hate you when experienced it, hate that? Hate when that happens. Has it happened it's to happened. You? It's happened right? in my past. I'm sure it has. Hate when that happens. Yeah, I bet you do. But you know, it's all for the better. Is it? I'm, I'm a glass half full. 
guy. Okay. You know? That happens, hey. Time to move on. What do you got to do? Right. Not going to cry over it. Right. Well, it just says it just makes me feel like crying. That's what the song Yeah, I don't. No, I don't cry. Okay. Because baby something beautiful's dying. I'm not a crier. Rhymes with crying. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not a crier. Not a crier. Nope. Okie dokie. Here's your next song. Nope. Hey, where did we go? Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came. When the days when the rains came. Down in the hollow. Down in the hollow. Playing a new game. Playing a new game. Laughing and a running. Laughing and a running. Skipping, skipping and a jumping. In the misty morning. In the misty morning. morning fog with our no. hearts a thumping. My brown eyed girl. Mm hmm. Van Morrison. Ding ding. Ding ding. Hey, where did we go? I didn't hear a ding ding. Very Days thing. when the rains came. Down in the hollow. Playing a new game. Laughing. Hey, 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 skipping and a jumping in the misty morning fog with our hearts thumping. You, my brown eyed girl, and you, my brown eyed girl. She only has one brown eye. What about her other eye? And whatever happened. The blue, you know that. You know uh, Jane Seymour so has one brown eye and one blue eye. Did you know that, Lisa? Yeah. The radio. So it's like a brown eyed girl. But what about her other eye? That's what I want to know. How would you say a brown eyed version of that? You know, it's not a brown eyed girl. Maybe she had a patch. Maybe she had a patch on one of her eyes. No, it's brown eyed girl. It's my brown eyed girl. Yeah, not all brown eyed. One brown eye. No, no, she has both brown eyes. It's okay. my brown-eyed girl. It should be brown-eyes girl. No, 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 incorrect. Ding, my brown-eyes girl. My brown-eyes girl. Yes, you should let Van Morrison know. <laughs> All right. All right. I got two out of you two did. so, so if far. If Mike's correct, you're going to have to get this one. I missed this one. Incorrect. No, I'm getting it. Okay, I think you will get this one. I'll see if I can. I'm going to run the table here. Right, I'll see if I can make it difficult. Let's see. No, don't make it difficult. <laughs> okay, okay. Pain. Okay. Um, Be nice. Maybe I didn't love you. Maybe I didn't love you. Quite as often as maybe, I could have. Maybe I didn't love you. Might as often as I could have. Yeah. Right. Maybe I should have what? Maybe I didn't treat you. Treat you quite as good as I could have. Should have. Should right. have. So could have. Should have. Mm-hmm. If I made you feel. If I second made best. you feel second best. Girl, I'm sorry. Girl, I was I'm blind. sorry. I had one of my brown eyes blind. And that but you were you always on my mind. Maybe I I sing better than Willie Nelson. Oh, That's all I have to say. Why as often as I could have. I mean, listen. I mean, come on. Let's hear you. I got him beat. Let's hear you. And maybe I didn't treat you. Maybe I didn't treat you. Quite as good as I should have. Quite as good as I could have. If I made you feel second best. You did. Girl, Girl I'm, I'm sorry, sorry I, I 
I was blind, right? You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. How Willie, come your eyes Willie, are closed? Willie can't hold a candle to me. I'm sorry. How come your eyes are closed while you're singing? Because it's a love song. Yeah. You have to close your eyes. <laughs> um, you are right. You were always on my mind. That's Willie Nelson's version. Willie. And, uh, hey, Willie. Hey. You did uh, really well. You got three out of three. You know, don't, under, this... don't underestimate me. Underestimate me. Don't underestimate me. Let me start over. Don't underestimate me with this game. Because I've done it a long time now, right? right? You're getting great at it, and I mean, but I, I also picked songs that were quite well known. Maybe right. I'll make it a little more difficult next week. I just never took the time, there but you is. were always on my mind, mind. You were always on my mind. I hope Willie's listening. Mind. Willie, I, I like Willie Nelson's. No, no, don't get me wrong. Maybe I, I like it, but I'm better. Yeah, sure. than Willie. Sure, he has more money. That's for sure. Oh, I don't know. A lot more money. He has a lot more money than me. No, he has a lot more money than me. But that doesn't make him a better singer. No, it certainly. You know doesn't. what I'm saying? Right. Sure. He just has a good manager. Got him right. gig. Got a lot of gigs. I'm hoping to get a manager out of this. I'm right. hoping that somebody will say, you know what? He's right. He is a better singer. Right. I'm going to represent him, and I'm going to get him, you know, big gigs all over the world. Well, I do wish you the best of luck with your um, new career it endeavor. Ha- it could happen. It could. Listen, stranger things have happened. Sure. So don't yeah. knock it. No, no. I'm I'm all for it. You know? I wish you the I'm best. I'm going to get a call. My phone's going to ring. I'm right. going to get a call. And if you need to leave this radio show, no, no, I know, I'd I understand. No, I won't leave the show. Okay. But I'm going to get calls, and they're going to be like, one of these manager kind of guys or girls. A manager kind of guy. <laughs> guy or girl is going to be like, you're right. I can get you. You're I'm going to very make, talented. I'm going to make you a big singer. Get yeah. me a tiny guitar part on whatever album I, you I do. I will. I will. I will, Mike. I Lisa, can, you um, want? Can you do a harmonica I'll play or something? The, the tambourine. Harmonica. The tambourine. I'm thinking. All right. So okay. uh, the tambourine. Mm-hmm. You're the tambourine I girl. I could play the triangle. All right. What there about you a cowbell? A cowbell is good, too. More cowbells. I'll take it. All right. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Carl. When we come back, it's the Weird Circle. Stick around. And if you're a record producer, 555-642-2892. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. The Weird Circle was a really good mystery anthology of classic thrillers from the pens of the world's best known and respected fiction authors of the 19th century. They were, um, you know, the stories were like horror and suspense uh, stories by Edgar Allan Poe, Robert Louis Stevenson, Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, and others. It was produced in New York by NBC and offered in syndication. 78 total episodes were uh, produced, and it had New York's best supporting actors. I'm talking about a high-quality program here. Lawson Zerby, Jackson Beck, Lon Clark, Maurice Tarplin, Mason Adams. Richard Gordon was um, our host on uh, these shows. He was, um, you know, he was on every episode, but this particular uh, story stars um, Richard Gordon along with Eleanor Audley and Lawson Zerby. This was number seven in the series, recorded in 1943. What was it? That's the name of the story. 
Here's part one now of the Weird Circle. The Weird Circle. In this cave by the restless sea, we are met to call from out the past stories strange and weird. Bellkeeper, pull the bell so all may know we are gathered again in the weird circle. of a world gone by speak again their immortal tale. What was it? All right, then. What was it? What was it? Nobody knows. But the house was haunted by something or somebody. The boarders here at Mrs. Dimity's boarding house didn't believe in ghosts either, myself included. But we were curious about them. That's why we voted to move into the old brownstone house on 49th Street. And once we were in, we were still convinced that ghosts don't venture abroad in a New York tenement building. The only one who wasn't quite convinced that ghosts exist only in storybooks was old Mrs. Dimity herself. But her favorite rumor, young, handsome Ned Saunders, and myself, uh, I'm Dr. Hammond, we refused to believe the ghostly nonsense. Ann Mitchell, the young sculptress who lived there, was frankly curious, while the Countess Harkavy, a fortune teller of some renown and a psychic of questionable fame, was delighted at the idea of living in a haunted house. That was in a business way, of course. It was around 11 o'clock at night when the boarders who were then assembled in that dark, dreary living room first heard what some claimed was a ghostly presence. Listen to that, Dr. Hammond. I hear it, Ned. It's an uncommon sort of sound for the wind. That is not the wind, Dr. Hammond. It is the cries from the spirit world. I feel it in the marrow of my bones. No, say, Countess. Can't you feel things in a more comfortable place? Bone structures always struck me as a most uncomfortable place to have a feeling going on. Listen, all of you. Listen. Oh, skip it. Ned, will you pass me that magazine on the shelf next to you? I think any kind of reading will be preferable to listening to old psychic ears rambling. Sure, say. There you are, dear. You really think this house is haunted, Countess? Yes, I do. It would be a fortunate thing for your business if the United States of America could be made ghost conscious. Dr. Hammond, you'll live to regret that remark. The Countess will take you seriously. I am serious. And talking of taking things seriously, when are you going to start taking me seriously, Anne? When you start to make a living, Ned. Oh, someday I hope I won't have to try and sell my sculptures. All art is conceived out of the fires of struggles. Well, I'm tired of struggling. Oh, if I could just create something out of the ordinary for an art exhibit, I could make a couple of hundred dollars. I've been working three months for an idea and I haven't done a thing. My poor dear Anne, as long as you doubt the extraordinary, how can you create it? She's got you there, Anne. Yes, she has, Dr. Hammond. Well, what would you suggest as a good subject for Anne to sculpt, Countess? 
Well, a denizen of the other world, perhaps? Oh, sure. That's rather a hot place for a girl to venture in order to sculpt the devil, isn't it? Don't speak so lightly of his satanic highness. No one knows where the devil's hand may be next. How about sculpting me, Anne? I'm an extraordinary young man. That you are, darling. Extraordinarily broke, at any rate. Oh, the woes of the world revolve on that ugly stuff called money. People take money much too seriously, Ned. Well, frankly, Dr. Hammond, if I had some of it, I wouldn't take it at all seriously. I'd scatter it around the world like a veritable windmill. Oh, frivolity. That's your trouble, my dear friends. Frivolity. You feed on it. Here in this very house is a poor earthbound spirit, and yet you ignore it. Come, Countess, you don't expect us to take it seriously? I expect nothing. What do you expect us to do? Call the spirit in and ask him to sit for me? Possibly, Anne. Possibly. Come, come, Countess, you're joking. I have never been more serious in my life. I think we ought to hold a seance and command the spirits to enter the room. That would be interesting, at least scientifically so. Oh, nonsense, Doctor. Besides, Mrs. Dimity would never stand for it. Ever since she moved us into this house, she's been scared stiff of the very idea of spirits. Have you seen the amulet she's been wearing? Yes. <laughs> she carries it around like a sword. Why don't we ask her? <laughs> oh, we were just talking about you, Mrs. Dimity. Oh, dear. I tell you, I, I just can't stand being alone in my room. I just know something was in there with me, Anna. I just know it. The spirits probably have been attracted to you, Mrs. Dimity. I've always felt you're strongly psychic. Oh, don't say it, Countess. Don't even think about it. It was all a mistake moving into this house. All a mistake. I've just never been as nervous. Dr. Hammond, feel my pulse. Feel it. It's practically non-pulsed, so to speak. <laughs> well, I wouldn't take it seriously, Mrs. Dimity. We all know there are no such things as spirits. You see, we've been talking about the ghost for so long that at times we half believe, but that's purely imagination. It wasn't imagination at all, Dr. Hammond. You know very well there are only five of us living here. You four were downstairs and I was alone upstairs and, oh, I did hear footsteps in the hall. I opened the door and I felt something cold touch me. Ah, you see, I knew it. Oh, listen. Oh, oh. It came from upstairs. Listen, all of you. Ah, and was that also the wind, Dr. Hammond? I don't know, Countess. What do you think, Ned? Well, I think the Countess idea of a seance is a good practical suggestion. I'm all for it. A seance? Oh, dear. Uh, yes, let's give it a try. Uh, well, we're all agreed. Yes, uh, come, come on, on, Les. I think it's a good You're idea. You're in charge, Countess. Now tell us what to do. Well, now, for the first thing, bring your chairs into a circle, please. Oh, right. oh dear. I think I'm on back in this show. Now, hold hands. Will someone turn off the lights? I'll get the switch. Good. Now we're in the dark. Quiet, please. Quiet while I summon the spirits. It is midnight, oh spirits. Midnight. Enter the portals of our room and speak to us. Speak to us. We are gathered to commune with you who have passed on. Withhold not your secrets. Speak. Speak. It is I, Countess Harkavy, asking you to descend to this mortal plane. Answer me. Answer me, 
if, uh, if my uncle Ezekiel's in the room and wants to talk to me, I'd talk to him, Countess. Yes, Mrs. Dimity. Ned, stop squeezing my hand. I'm not squeezing your hand, eh? Well, whatever you're doing, stop doing it. I'm not doing it. anything. Ouch, doggone it. What's the matter with you, Anne? Well, you're so coy, pinching me now. I'm not pinching you. My hands are in my lap. Well, who's ever sitting next to me? Stop it. Dr. Hammond. I'm sitting across from you, Anne. Mrs. Dimity. Oh, dear. I wouldn't have the courage to squeeze anybody's hand at this point. Ouch. Well, whoever it is... Turn on the lights, somebody. Turn on the lights. No. Somebody's got hold of my no, hand. No, don't turn on the lights. The spirits have entered the room and are attracted to you, Anne. To you. Oh, please, please turn on the lights. Please. I'll do it, Anne. I'll do it. Oh, let go. Let... Oh, the... Oh. There's nobody sitting next to you. That's a vacant chair. But I felt it. Anne, did you imagine it? Imagine what? That somebody squeezed my hand? I imagine nothing. Look. Look at my hand. And tell me that's imagination. What's here, darling? What? Dr. Hammond, look. Hmm? Her hand is bruised. Hmm. Yes, it is. Pretty badly bruised. Countess, where were you sitting? Exactly where I'm sitting now, Dr. Hammond. And I haven't moved. You had your chance to do something extraordinary, Anne. But you muffed it. A pity is all I can say. A great pity. The seance is ruined. But, Countess, wait a minute. What for? To try another seance and have you become hysterical all over again? Good night. There's the uh, sound famous effects. door slam there. Fedora, Mike's famous door slam. Uh, I don't like door slams. I don't like anybody slamming right. doors. That wasn't too loud. My house a, or my car. It was car. A, a nice little door slam. You know, my um, my Nova can't handle that kind of, you know. Oh, no, I'm very careful. You know, I don't want it to fall off. You know, those commercials that we used to watch. Um, Which one? Remember those commercials we Victory used? Auto Rockers? Mm-hmm. Victory Auto Rockers. Oh, Mike, yeah. Where they slam the door Victory and the whole, dog, the whole door falls off the car. Yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Victory Auto <laughs> Rockers. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who the voice of Victory Auto Records is? David Kogan. Yeah. Right? I mean, um, Rick. Rick Kogan. <laughs> yeah, I say David. David Kogan's a writer. Yeah, Rick. Um, Rick Kogan. Right. He's the voice. He is the announcer on Victory Auto Records. Right, from WG. Yeah. Did you know that, Mike? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah. I know they've recently, like, made new commercials within the past few years. Oh, right. have they? They yeah, did. Yeah, because it used yeah, to be the same did. thing for years. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, it was kind of great that they it kept that kept same, those old commercials. That's what my Nova looks like. Yes, I'm familiar with it. Don't slam my Nova doors. I don't. I'm very, very careful. We're listening to the Weird Circle. What was it? Ooh, we'll get back to it in a minute. Stick around. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. 
That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Don't forget, we have a podcast of this show, Hollywood 360, the full five-hour podcast is available along with a bonus podcast of Radio Rarities, which uh, is our new podcast that Lisa and I co-host. And um, we break down a very rare radio show and talk all about it, give you tons and tons of information, thanks to Carl Shadow, who writes it. Um, And um, it's great. I really enjoy listening to it, Lisa. Um, uh, Mike just sent episode 12 over to me, and uh, we listened to it on our drive to 13 floors, right? Right. That was a scary haunted house. It was fun scary, though. Yeah, it was really, really good. We listened to it, and it's uh, it's a murder mystery. It was a good one. Um, Yeah, so anyway, folks, if you want to get our podcast, Hollywood 360 Podcast and Radio Rarities, it's sent out every Monday, so you'll get the full show. You won't miss one second of our program. The links never expire, so you can just uh, archive them and just listen to them whenever you'd like. Um, Go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. That's Hollywood360radio.com. The very top of the website is how you can sign up to get our podcast. We hope you do. All right, we're listening to The Weird Circle. These were really well done broadcasts. Um, We have all 78 in mint quality right off the master transcription discs. Uh, This is called What Was It? What Was It? I don't know, Lisa. What Was It? An invisible flesh-eating monster is captured. But what is it? Ooh. All right, let's tune this in. The conclusion now to the weird circle. Dr. Hammond, is it possible that I really was holding the hand of something or... Anything's possible, Anne, but not very probable. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I said not very probable, Mrs. Dimity. I think perhaps the Countess has been playing a trick on all of us. A cute trick, Doctor. A pretty difficult one. If she wasn't playing a trick, she shouldn't have been so upset when you turned on the lights, Ned. Oh, Doctor, I think you've got a point there. Nothing like a good dash of logic to take the cold chills out of my spine. Well, how could the Countess do it, Doctor? Well, Mrs. Dimmer, the psychic phenomena is the Countess's business. After all, she makes a living out of calling imaginary spooks from the outer world. I don't think it's very nice of us to try and pry into her secrets. I hope you're right, Doctor. I do hope you're right. Well, I wouldn't worry, Mrs. Dimity. Well, I'm going upstairs to bed. I've had enough spooks to last me for years. Oh, wait for me, Mrs. Dimity. I'll go up with you. Good night, Ned. Good night, Anne. Good night, Dr. Hammond. See you in the morning. Good night, my dear. And don't worry about the spooks. They're purely harmless make-believe. Oh, dear. I'll never sleep a wink again. Well, Doctor, what's the... Tongue-on-the-cheek look. Oh. (laughs) Ned, I'm afraid we've had our first touch of real psychic phenomena tonight. But you just said I didn't want to frighten the women. And you believe this house is haunted? Haunted? Mm, Well, I don't like the phrase, but in essence, that's the idea. I was wondering if you'd be interested in trying an experiment with me tonight. Certainly, Doctor, anything. Well, suppose you and I spend the next few nights down here. We'll turn off the lights and wait. Just wait. Perhaps we can invite some trouble. We waited that night through without sleeping, but nothing extraordinary happened, except for the fact that Mrs. Dimity's rocking chair kept rocking all night long, creaking and squeaking as it moved. 
But the wind could have been responsible for that. The next night and the next and the one after that, we kept our nightly vigil, creeping up to our rooms like thieves just before daylight broke, so that nobody would suspect our secret experiment. On the fifth night of our wait, we heard the rocking chair creaking, creaking, creaking. Doctor. Yes, Ned? That rocking chair couldn't be moved by wind tonight. There isn't a breath of air stirring. I noticed that, Ned. I wonder... Listen. Yes, the creaking stopped. Same as usual. I'll try to get some sleep. I can't. I'm as nervous as a cat over this whole thing. Yes, I'm jittery, too. Ouch, let me... What's the matter, Ned? I don't know. Somebody's attacked me. I... Help me, doctor. <laughs> Help me. I... I... It's got its arms around my throat. I... There, I feel it. You'll find out who this ghost is in a short time. There, I've got his arms, Ned. My throat. Let go of my throat. There. It's right. Can you hang on to him alone, Doctor? I think so. But he's as strong as an ox. No, you don't. Listen to him, will you, Doctor? His voice certainly doesn't sound human. Turn on the lights, Ned, while I hang on to him. We'll find out who this practical prankster is. I'm afraid to let him go, Doctor. I can handle him, Ned. You turn on the lights. Hurry, Ned. Hurry. All right. Of course. There you are. Go no, ahead. No. Doctor, where is he? He's right in front. I've got him by the arms. I'm... I'm hanging on to it. Well, this is amazing. Amazing, Doctor. Well, we can't see it. It's invisible. Uh, help me, Ned. He's trying to escape. Help me. If I could only see him. There we are. I've got it. I've got it. What is it, Doctor? What is this thing? What was it? I didn't know as I held the grisly thing in my arms. It struggled and sobbed and moaned exactly as a beast would struggle and moan. An invisible beast. That was the horror of it. An invisible beast. I sent Ned to the basement of the old brownstone to get some stout rope. At least we could prevent this horror from escaping. That's what I thought then. Well, Ned returned shortly from the basement and opened the door. There you are, Dr. Heron. Oh, quickly, Ned. Bind its legs. I... I can't hang on to it much longer. Not as young as I used to be. All right, Dr. Almanic. Somehow I... Try to hold him on the floor. Yes, yes, of course. There you are, Ned. Now, quickly. Feet are still for the minute. There. I got the rope about to... Look. Yeah? A perfect loop around nothing but empty air. Hold him and I'll bind the rope around. Well, quickly, Ned. There we are. That covers his feet. Now I'll bring it up here and around his legs. Here, give me the rope and I'll bind his hand. All right. We're getting him bound up like an Egyptian mummy. There, that does it. <sighs> what a relief to be able to let that awful thing go. All right, I'll take the rope now, Doctor. He's bind it to this chair. He won't get away now, I'll guarantee you that. It isn't very large, is it? No, about the size of a small boy. Yeah, but what is it? Have you ever encountered anything like this before? Frankly, Ned, never. Look at my hands, bitten and bruised. I wonder if I'll ever be able to move them again. What are we going to do with the darn thing now? I don't think that's our responsibility, Ned. I think we'd better call the boarders together and let them in on the secret. Would you like me to get them, Doctor? Uh, yes, wake them up. But don't tell them why. Just ask them to come down here, and I'll throw this rug over the chair so that they won't see the rope right away. 
Ah, don't ask so many questions, everybody. Dr. Hammond will explain everything. Oh, good evening, Dr. Hammond. Have you possibly discovered that psychic phenomena does exist? Come in, Countess. Come in, everybody. Don't be afraid, Mrs. Dimity. What's that? I'll explain it in a minute. Explain it, Dr. Hammond? Uh, sit down, everybody, please. Uh, no, Mrs. Dimity, not in the rocking chair. Oh, you mean... I'm afraid we're in for a revelation this evening. Uh, Ned, please close the door. Right. Strange are the ways of the world. Yes, Countess, the ways of the world are very strange. Mrs. Dimity and the Countess have been correct about this house. There is something in it. Oh. There's nothing to be frightened of, Mrs. Dimity. Oh, spirits are often kind. Indeed, they're friendlier than many mortals. This isn't exactly a spirit, Countess. What do you mean? Exactly what I say. It's a beast of some kind. The doctor, is it in this room? Mrs. Dimity, please. Yes, Anne, it's in this room, in that rocking chair. I threw a rug over it. Oh, unfortunate spirit. If you wish, Countess, remove the rug. Yes, of course. Why, why, where, where is it? It's there. You can see the ropes being held in place by it. What kind of a hoax are you trying to play on me, Dr. Hammond? It is not a hoax. There's a living, breathing something bound in that chair. But it's invisible. Oh, why, that's incredible. It's more than incredible. Would, uh, would you mind if I touched it? I don't see why I should. It's not my beast. The problem is, what are we going to do with it? What do you suggest, Mrs. Dimity? Mrs. Dimity! Well, she's painted, Dr. Hammond. I'll get a smelling salts right here in the desk drawer. Ah! Oh, I felt it. I felt it, Anne. I felt it. A captured spirit. I must tell my co-worker, Dr. Darkox, right away. He'll be so thrilled, so thrilled. I'm not sure that we ought to tell anybody about it. Are you, Doctor? Ned's quite right. We should not. Oh, but Dr. Sarcox is the only living person constantly in touch with the spiritual night and day. Day and night, constantly. The smelling salt should be in here someplace. Oh, here they are. Until we find out exactly what it is, I don't think we ought to divulge the secret. Heaven knows what we've stumbled into. You're right, Ned. Here, Mrs. Dimity, take a deep breath of this. And how do you propose going about finding out what it is? Breathe deeply, Mrs. Dimity. Oh. Well, I was thinking it might be possible for Anne to make a plaster cast on it. Oh, that's a gay idea, Ned. Breathe deeply, Mrs. Dimity. You'll be all right. That's quite a good idea, as a matter of fact. Oh, you'll hold it while I make a cast, huh? If it happens to bite me with a pair of invisible teeth, that'll be my word. No. Well, being a doctor, I shall use a little chloroform and put it to sleep for a while. We'll be able to make a perfect cast. Mr. Dimity, are you all right? Oh, I'll never be all right again. Well, Anne, are you willing to give it a try? Oh, I suppose so, Ned. I'll prepare the plaster right away. There we are, Anne. The chloroform has worked perfectly. Whatever it is, it's asleep. Before you start with the plaster, I should like to listen to his heart with the stethoscope. Certainly, Doctor. Uh-huh. Hmm. Normal. A little faster than is normal for a human being, but maybe we're not dealing with a human being. Yes, Doctor, that's very possible. Ned, would you hand me that container near you? What do we have? There you are. Thanks, Ned. Well, Dr. Hammond, are you ready? Yes, Anne, whenever you are. Oh, we might as well start. It's two o'clock. We ought to be through by seven. And so Anne started to work to cover that invisible form with moist plaster. We watched her spellbound. The hideousness of the rough object which soon met our eyes was appalling. Anne's hands shook perceptibly as she forced herself to complete what she had started. Minutes changed into hours. 
The mold was completed, and we had a rough idea of this figure. Then Anne allowed the mold to dry. By morning, we had a rough facsimile of the invisible beast. How can I describe what it looked like when it looked like nothing so much as a demon out of hell itself? Yes, shaped like a man with long, sinewy arms, but it was small, only four feet or so high. Its muscular development was amazing, and the face, the face looked like a cannibal's, a demon. Cruel, tiny eyes, a tiny nose, and a twisted, long a horribly long mouth and sharp, shiny teeth. The first rays of light broke through the window, and I realized that the effects of the chloroform were wearing off. And... Watch out, ladies, away. I got him, Doctor. You better help me. Yes, of course. Here. Here, Will. Hold him together. And, and... Yes, Dr. Hammond. We'll hold him down, and you bind his legs with the cord. Yeah. Get that rope around his legs. Okay. Oh, good girl, Anne. That's it. Oh! Your arm, darling. It's bleeding. Don't mind my arm. Just bind the legs. Okay. Hurry up. Uh, that's the girl. Now slip the rope around him and pull it good and tight. All right. There we are. Give me the rope, hand. I'll secure his arm. Ned, look at your arm. Oh, doctor, he's badly bitten. Don't bother about me now, darling. We can't let this beast loose on humanity. That face you've done, Anne, looks like the face of a man-eater. Yeah, it does. Give me a hand, Dr. Hammond. We'll put it back in the chair and tie it. Okay, Ned. Now, one, two, lift. There. Now, tie the darn thing there. What do you think we ought to do with it now? I don't know. You're the doctor. Well, I think we all need some sleep. First, I'll tend to that omnibus, Ned, and then we'll leave the thing here for a while. Doctor, do you think we dare leave it here quite safely? Well, judging from the way Ned's got it tied up, I think so. Not even a spirit could get out of those ropes. Come on, Ned, I want to take a look at that arm of yours. Oh, I'm so tired. I'll leave the little statue in here till morning. You know, doctor, it makes an interesting study, doesn't it? Yes, quite an interesting one. Extraordinary piece of work, one might say. Well, good night, Anne. Come on, Ned, let's get that arm bandaged. We'll all think more clearly in the morning. We thought we could think more clearly after some sleep. And so the days went by. Ned and Anne and I stayed with that invisible beast constantly. I took test after test. Its heart condition, its breathing... Every test I took baffled me completely. For this invisible beast reacted to every test exactly as a reptile would react. Or to be more specific, a python. A type of snake which swallows an animal or a man whole and then digests it. As the days passed, we realized that since this was living matter, it must eat. We tempted it with every kind of food imaginable. Tried force-feeding it. But the animal never swallowed one bite of food. Then one evening, all of us were collected in the living room when those horrible sounds started. Oh, I tell you, Ned, I, I, it's hungry. And darling, we've tried feeding. But you've got to get it out of this house. I can't take it any longer. That's when a spirit will evoke the anger of the gods. My advice to you is to let it go. That's not very good advice, Countess. Whatever this is, it would be fairly dangerous. Ah! Isn't there anything we can feed it? It must be suffering horribly, Doctor. No food or water for two weeks. Yes, Anne, there is something we can feed it, but unfortunately or fortunately, we can't. What are you talking about, Doctor? Human flesh, Ned. This creature is a man-eater, an invisible man-eater. There's only one thing for us to do. Call the police and the medical society and turn it over to them. 
There's nothing more we can do. Oh, you'll regret this, Doctor. You'll regret it. You can't evoke the anger of a spirit world without payment in full. And will you make the call? Certainly, Doctor. I'll go with you, darling. Don't tell them anything about it. Just ask them to come over here immediately. And so, gentlemen, Anne called you and brought you over here. I've told you the complete story of the monster from the very beginning. Well, Dr. Hammond, as a member of the police force, I don't mean to doubt you. But where is this invisible monster? It died of hunger ten minutes before you arrived, Sergeant. Well, where is it? On the floor, here, next to my foot. Huh? You can feel it even if you can't see it. Here, put your hand down here. All right. Yes, yeah, Sergeant, feel this. It feels like a dead man. Yeah, I tell you it does. Oh, well, uh, sure, Doctor. What kind of a trick are you trying to play on us? Trick, Sergeant? Take my word for it, it's no trick. You felt it yourself. Ah, uh, many people know how to make a mass of material appear invisible. Chemistry can give you a lot of explanations of that kind of a hoax. It's no hoax, gentlemen, on my word of honor. It's no hoax. Ah, uh, tell us a better story. Come on, boys, let's get out of yeah, here. Let's get out of here. We enjoyed your fairy tale, Doctor, but we can't swallow that one. But, whole. gentlemen, ask any one of us in this room. I swear to you, it's the truth. Look in the corner at that statuette. That's an exact replica of the invisible beast. Ah, now I get it. You're trying to get some free publicity for the art exhibition at the museum. No, gentlemen. I made that plaster cast myself from the invisible monster. Dr. Hammond's telling you the truth. Yeah? Well, if it's the truth, what was it? What was it? Frankly, gentlemen, I don't know what it was. From the time-worn pages of the past, you have heard, what was it? Bellkeeper, toll the bell. Hmm, there you have it, Lisa. That is the Weird Circle, another one of our Halloween programs throughout the month of October. Richard Gordon there is the announcer, and uh, he doubled as the police sergeant. And then that was Eleanor Audley as the countess with Lawson Zerby as Ned. We know this. You know how? Carl Shadow. Exactly. Radio script uh, adaptation by Peggy Mayer. And uh, this was a story written by, this is a weird name, Fritz James O'Brien. I don't know anything else he's written, but he did write, what was it? Just so you know. That is the Weird Circle uh, broadcast from 1943 to number seven in the series. All right, time for this month in music history. And we are also focusing on Halloween-related songs. And listen to this one. I think you'll like it. I put a spell on you. Oh, yeah. Because you're my- you are mine. Great song. You better stop the thing that you do. So this is a 1956 song. Wow, really? It was uh, written and composed by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Yes, it was one of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that helped shape rock and roll. And then Creedence Clearwater Revival's version reached number 58 in the year 1968. Wow. And that's what you're listening to. 1968, huh? You were four. Thanks. I put a spell on you. I put a spell on you. Got a lot of, a lot of soul. Cause you're mine. 
That's a great song. Sure. Yeah, CCR did a really great version of it, too. Yeah. Very cool, Lisa. Pick some good songs there. Of course, Carl. You're good at picking songs. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you good at picking? Uh, uh, that's why you call me the musicologist. Yeah? If that's a real word, I'm not sure. Lisa took a video of me. You're sneaky, you know that? I she am took a sneaky. video of me while I was singing. Um, what song was that? Oh, uh, the, the Willie singing, Nelson song. You were song. always on my mind. You're always on my mind. Yeah, I'll post it tomorrow. And she she snuck a video. I don't think that's even legal. You know no, that? It's legal. I don't, Mike, <laughs> is that legal? Could I have her arrested? I am not is that a, a lawyer. Felony? <laughs> that might be a felony. I think you should. I don't think you can just videotape someone without their their knowledge, and well, then you have to get a release. the camera was right in front of your face, you have to get a release from me. I didn't sign a release, so if oh. you post that, technically mm. it's a felony. Fine, and I will not bail you out. <laughs> yes, you will. I will not bail you out. of If jail. I called you from jail, you would absolutely not bail me you, out. You might charge not me some if it interest. Was me that you'd probably charge me interest on the fee that you paid, but you would. It. But I'd low fee like ten percent. <laughs> That's all. I wouldn't charge you more I'll than have that. I to borrow from someone else. I don't think else. what you did is legal, so do not post well, that without my release. Okay. All right? Okay. That's a it. warning. All right. It's well, a warning. If it gets posted, then everyone will know that you have signed off on it. Yeah. Don't ask me for bail. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> You're going to jail, Lisa. You wouldn't do well in jail. You I would, would not, or would not. You would not do well. No, not I would with not. That pampered life you have. No, I would not. You would not do well. I don't in jail. believe that you would either. No, I no. would not do well in okay. jail. No, absolutely. <laughs> There's not. no massage chairs no, there. No, that's right. <laughs> uh, thanks, Lisa. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next time on Hollywood 360 on our month-long Halloween programming, we'll have Inner Sanctum Mystery, The Great Gildersleeve, Suspense, Lights Out, and Escape. Be sure to visit our website, Hollywood360radio.com, for my co-host, Lisa Wolf. Our executive producer, Mike Costella, and my crabby brother, Vince Amari. This is Carl Amari saying stay safe, be healthy, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.